Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. Um, it's good to be with you virtually, if that's where you are. Um, this is, uh, it's, uh, as I was preparing for a message, uh, the reality of what our pastor has said the past couple weeks has kind of set in. Um, it's uh, the nine o'clock service, you have to, you have, a, you have the real-time constraint. Um, but, uh, so when I'm preparing for that, I talk a lot, so we're gonna see how this goes. Um, but uh, I, I, as I prefer, uh, prepared this message, um, a lot, if, if I'm just being straightforward, a lot went into it, a lot of, uh, my, my heart has been burdened lately just to um, speak on getting back to growth and, and fighting through kind of um, all this craziness kind of that we're going through and my ears are popping out. I'm sorry, I gotta fix the hat. Um, the hat today is more about my hair is like, hasn't been cut in a while, so not necessarily that I'm balding or that there's a shine that glares into the camera. Um, but uh, as, as I, the, this past week, as I was kind of preparing for it, I was at work and we were just having a, uh, me and a couple coworkers were having a conversation and uh, just kind of out of nowhere, um, one of our new reps that had gotten hired was like, yeah, when I, when I first met you, I thought you were really rude and kind of a jerk, but then I just realized that's who you are. And I, I was like, so I'm, wait, I don't, I'm, I, whatever. I was, <laughs> I was like, I don't know, thank you? <laughs> um, but in preparing this message, I, I really wanted to, uh, I, I really want the gift uh, of what God has given me, uh, because to me, um, it's, it's kind of eye-opening. Uh, it's been eye-opening. It's been uh, an interesting few weeks. I uh, texted our pastor probably four months ago uh, about uh, really a series that got, or a message that God had laid in my heart, and I was trying to develop that, and it just wasn't coming together. It just didn't flow right, didn't feel right. Um, so I, I went to, I went to this, and I just, uh, I went to God, and I said, God, just prepare what you have on, you know, have for me, and just speak through me, flow through uh, my words, flow through, um, you know, the the typing and 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 the the study. So what I want to do today is to talk about getting back to growth and getting back to as normal as we possibly can um, while living God's uh, fulfillment or his plan through uh, in fulfillment through us. Um, I, I, I will do my best to be as compassionate as I can. Um, I'm working on the way I say things um, and the tone in which I speak. Um, I want to convey three ideas to you today about getting back to growth, about us getting back into the swing of things, about us realizing that just because the world has stopped doesn't mean God's plan for us has stopped. And, and I, I truly believe that when you read pastor's emails that are out there, when you, read, uh, when you read Facebook messages, when you see Instagram posts, when you see uh, the um, TikTok weird dancing stuff. Um, you, you can even see it in some of that where people have put not just their life, but their faith on hold. And, and, and the scary part is there's a harsh reality today that death without Christ has an eternal consequence. That is why it's important to realize that our growth and, and our job is so imperative 
to every minute of this pandemic or this crazy time that we're living in. Because every minute that we don't live our faith, people die and go to hell. People, we miss opportunities to share. We miss opportunities to, uh, to give hope, give life, eternal life, to show eternal life. The first thing I want to dig into is not a point. Um, it simply says this. To dig in, uh, to, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, um, God gives us to shine. Uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will gladly boast all the more about my weakness, so that Christ, uh, Christ's power may reside in me. Uh, it is important to be confident in the idea that we have God's grace if you've accepted him, because that then gives you the power and the comfort and the peace and the joy, or it should at least, to be able to actively live for Jesus Christ, to be able to shine his light, to wake up each day knowing no matter what happens, no matter where we go, no matter what we do, Christ is living for us. I'm gonna unplug this because this has a really weird noise coming out of it and it's distracting my ADD, all right? Um, there we go, that fixes that. Um, <laughs> so well, my, my goal today is to say, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the grace that should flow through you should be something that isn't a matter of your circumstance. Uh, we, if you're, uh, hopefully, you all are praying for our pastor, his boys, and, and, and Aaron. Uh, when, when, we, uh, when me and Pastor Osvaldo, Osvaldo, uh, whatever Portuguese name I'm pronouncing horribly wrong, um, uh, spoke uh, to him this week, we said we, we really have both prayed and we think it's important that you take some time off. He's not taking time off to put his faith on hold. He's, putting, he, he's, he's taking time off so that his faith perseveres, so that he can rest so that he can uh, take care of, he can focus on what needs to be focused on. If we as Christians had that type of discernment in every situation, how bigger would the kingdom of God be? Because grace is two ways. Our pastor looked at us and said, what are your ulterior motives? Why do you want it? Uh, no, we're, we're concerned about it. He saw a, a holy, righteous purpose that God said, take do. You know how I know that? Because he didn't answer us right away. He prayed about it overnight. You know how I know he prayed about it overnight at his advanced age? He didn't sleep. He texted, I didn't sleep. Old people go to sleep early all the time. <laughs> no? I can say that because I can run faster than him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Please don't tell him I said that. Um, he can't hear either. Um, just joking. Uh, but if we are truly free indeed, and we are a child of God, then we shouldn't be afraid. I, I hope today that when we dig into this, we understand uh, what God has. And I want to show you a really cool, unique story that, that we've heard about. And I actually used a little blip of in my last sermon. But we're going to kind of amplify the story. Because within a story, there's two stories. And within that story, those two stories, I could talk for hours and not just about random stuff because I can but because this apply there's so many different applications here the first one is this we must remember God's grace allows us to follow 
God's grace allows us to follow. What do I mean? Flip, uh, if you have your Bibles or you have your phone app, um, or you have the Bible app on your phone, flip over to Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to start in verse 21. Matthew 5, verse 21. Uh, the CSB version that we use says this. When Jesus has crossed over the boat, uh, 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 over again by boat, to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the sea. One of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, My little daughter is dying. Come and lay your hands on her so that she can get well and live. So Jesus went with him, and a large crowd was what? following and pressing against him. Man, not only do we have permission to follow, but we have permission to press in to the power of God. And we're going to talk about in a second why that's so relevant. We're going to have, we, we have the ability to follow. Christians, it's so easy uh, today uh, to, to have our own thoughts and to say, I use discernment. I use discernment in my life to make every decision. Growing up, and, and, and if you've been a part of New Life uh, for any po uh, part of time, uh, any length of time, you know that our pastor talks about his dad always praying over everything in, uh, it, it, with him growing up. The cool part about that was I got to grow up hearing over and over, man, if, if there was a family split over apple pie or blueberry pie, we, get, we held hands in a circle, and we prayed about which pie to get. Maybe, so, you know, and, and you never know. Maybe, I, I don't know. I don't know what could be done out of that, but, uh, but prayer works. There, I, I could throw out 15 different ideas about how families could be brought together because God gave uh, a family uh, a chance to buy the apple pie, and a family later was allergic to blueberry pie, and somebody got saved because they were allowed to sit over, you know, over the apple pie that wasn't bought. You know, I mean, there are many ways that God can work. We see here that Jesus was simply speaking to, uh, speaking to his followers. Somebody came and said, come heal my daughter. And he said, follow me. And they began to follow. But they began to press in. What we get to be a part of is this awesome experience of seeing what a risen Savior, a, a risen alive Savior can do. It seems so simple, doesn't it? Just to say, Follow just to say follow. Uh, it, it's, it's so simple. I'll throw a scenario at you. We have an amazing, we have an amazing restaurant owner in, in our presence today. And he went through kind of a tough, uh, a tough thing over the past couple weeks where somebody publicly on social media tried to tear, tear him and his business down. He had responded and, and proudly to say, when you looked at all the responses that he got back from his community, they are nothing but glowing and nothing but positive. And not just because, you know, we, he cooks for us, <laughs> but because his character stands out. He, he gave me a call and, and, and said, is it time to take down? That is a situation where you're using discernment to follow God. You're saying, and, and my simple response was, do you think the purpose has been served? Do you think the message has gotten out? And he said, yes. He said, then it's time to take it down, and promptly took it down. Now, that's not lifting somebody up on, on a, and putting them on a pedestal saying, look at him, go eat at highbrow. I mean, go eat at highbrow, but um, <laughs> the food's amazing. But, um, but what it is saying is it's very easy for our human side, our humanistic uh, spirit to overtake. The Bible says what? The spirit is willing, but what? The flesh is weak. 
it's easy to say, well, this person's gonna continue, so I'm gonna continue to do what I think is right. Well, what about what the grace of God is supposed to show? Not only did he take it down, but he made another po post that encouraged to lift up their business. I mean, that's grace. That's Jesus dying on the cross, saying, I know you're going to screw up every day, but it's not going to change the fact that I'm still going to hang on a cross for your sins. Amen? <laughs> we get this awesome experience, and yet we choose so many times to withhold that experience from other people. Uh, when, when you look at, and if you want a prime example of that, look at Numbers. Numbers chapter 20, verse 7 through 11. God had spoken to Moses and said, I want you to talk to this rock. And from that rock will flow out water for all to see and to quench their thirst. He had an amazing experience. We'll never know what God wanted to show Moses through speaking to the rock. Why is that? Because Moses, out of his own frustration, out of his own anger, struck the rock and stepped aside from what God wanted to show. Now, when you say, oh yeah, well, the water still came out, what did we, what did future generations miss by one action that God has called us to? Our pastor a few weeks ago talked, uh, talked about stuff, and I listened to uh, a pastor up in, uh, up in Boston talking about some of these Bible colleges that had specifically said there were certain types of people that weren't allowed in. And he said, what's the damage done by not allowing and training a certain generation of black, Puerto Rican, Mexican, Chinese, different people into Bible college? Well, you've lost an entire generation of pastors called to serve God, witnessing to their culture. So when you say, I'll put my faith on hold, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to act out in this way, you're hurting future generations. My, our, our pastor does branding for Dunkin' Donuts, and I'm not a coffee guy at all. I, I've tried to be. Um, my brand, I, I used to be a brand ambassador for Mountain Dew. Um, <laughs> to, uh, I, I was their number one customer. Um, I, I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old, almost three-year-old. It's crazy. He's actually like two and ten-twelfths. I don't know. That's, that's a weird... I'm not good at fractions. Um, but... Uh, and I've got a, I've got a nine-month-old, almost almost one-year-old baby girl. Um, I've got a wife that I would like to be around, and I hope wants me around for a while. Um, and and I had through some um, badgering and and talking and different people coming at me about my soda habits. Um, I begin to really think about it. And I, I've always been somebody that has, you know, not had to worry about weight or anything like that. And um, within the last year, year and a half, I've put on 20 pounds. Now, I, the response that everybody is staring at me is the same thing I always feel. Where, you know, where is it? It's in my thighs, in my hips. Um, but, <laughs> but no, but, but, um, but no, I, the fact is I did, and I was lethargic, and I was tired. I would come home from work, and I would just sit on a couch, and I'd be like, oh my gosh, my kid has so much energy. And I, was, I, I started talking to uh, our drummer, Ben, and I was like, man, I've got, you know, something's got to change. And 
and he came in one day drinking this, drinking this Fit Aid stuff. And I was like, oh, he handed me one. He goes, try this. And I tried it. I'm not going to lie. I was like, I'm going to have to finish this can in front of him, but we're going to see if it can stay down. Um, it, it's all vitamins and minerals and natural, healthy cleansing stuff. And it has a little bit of carbonation. And he goes, it'll help you with your soda problem. And he said, uh, we started talking about working out. And then he came and destroyed my life with a workout and couldn't feel my body for three days. It was rough. Um, but I, I stuck to a process because inside I knew I had to make a change. Th this past week, we did a workout where it was like our third or fourth workout meeting. Uh, uh, when, and we do, it's called an EMOM. It's every minute on the minute. What you do is you, he... I, he generously picks uh, three different types of exercises to do within a minute. And for instance, we did five push-ups, five, uh, five sit-ups, and 10 squats. And once you're done within that first minute, you get the rest of that minute to finish, or to rest, and then you start back up in the next minute. And the first time we did that, I was like, oh, you know, it's not gonna be bad except for the push-ups, and I think I made it through two before I realized I was in trouble. Uh, not two sets, two push-ups. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, we made it through. He was like, we're going to try and do 20, 20 minutes. We're probably only going to make it through 10. I can confidently say in front of you, as I've said in front of him, I'm very thankful we didn't go to 20 minutes because somebody that was just trying to get to know him at the time, I did not want to throw up all over his carpet. Um, but this past week, we did the exercise. We did that same workout again. It was about a six or seven week difference in that time. And we were, I, I, I was able to f not fly through, because uh, Ben flew through it, uh, but I was able to make it through it, the whole 20 minutes, without throwing up or anything else that goes along with that. When you practice, and, and this has a point, when you practice faith, when you take steps to follow God, you see progress, things get easier. Showing grace, showing love, reading your Bible, praying, gets easier. I spoke about this on the Devo this past Friday. I said, man, when you speak to what God has to say in your life, when you start to pray and you say, I'm going to pray for Brian. Brian, you know, he, he want, his dream is to ride roller coasters and he's just not that tall. Um, he misses the mark by just that much. I said, I want to pray that Brian will grow. Now at like 63 or 65, it's probably not going to happen. Um, but, uh, but, but what's crazy is this. When you start to pray for one thing, when you start to pray for comfort, when you start to look, and, and let's take our, our pastor's wife, for example, when you start to pray for her health, it opens up others door, other doors. You start, when you start to follow God's path, it opens up. You say, oh, why am I only praying for why don't I pray for her husband? Oh, they have two kids? Why don't we start praying for them? And let's just not pray for comfort and peace. Let's pray for rest. Let's pray for joy. Let's pray for a free highbrow for everyone. <laughs> God bless you. I'm just What I'm saying there is your faith grows. You see results. You, you, you find more desire to grow. You find more desire to do more. Why? Not because it makes you feel good and you can go around and say you're a good person, because you see results. What we see is we, we, God's grace allows us to follow. So instead of doing things our ways, we get to do things his way. 
We do, why do we do things our way? I think there's uh, three things. Uh, one is gonna be very bold, so I apologize if it offends, I, I don't really apologize, but uh, we'll go there. Whether it's pride, frustration, or just stupidity. Not ignorance, stupidity, because a lot of times we know how we act, correct? So ignorance is a word that we can't use. We act out with our pride, with our frustration, or with straight stupidity. Stephen Furtick said, when you get stuck, you get stupid. <laughs> one, of the, one of the coolest examples I had seen was uh, Mary, Mary Rowe has been working out a lot lately, and she's posting results and talking about it. And she said for like, what was it, Jonathan, like a month or so, she was stuck at, at losing it. She was trying to get past a certain mark, and she was just stuck there. And when I listened to Stephen Furtick, I said, man, how many times as Christians do we get stuck trying to get past this point, and instead of fighting through or trying to change things or shock the system or wake us up, instead we get stupid, and we start to make our own decisions. We start to do things our way. We, we stop praying. We stop reading our Bible. We stop searching. We stop asking for help. We stop putting ourselves around people that, that can help us. We start putting ourselves around toxicity. That, that will just destroy uh, our, our inside, uh, destroy us from the inside out. See, Christians, a lot of times, our faith isn't a matter of a, 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 an outside problem. It's a matter of an inside problem. Our heart is infected. Our mind gets infected. And when you start to do that, it starts to seep out. Just like joy is supposed to be overflowing, bitterness, anger, pride, frustration, starts to flow out. When we realize what God has given us, the, the free, amazing gift of grace, we'll realize that we are freely allowed to follow. Secondly, we must remember that we have access to Jesus. This is the coolest part of the story for me. When you look at Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 29 it says now this is now get this jesus was on his way to heal heal a girl that was dying so in, in our minds anybody struggle to do two things at once like right now i really want to take a drink of the of my of my drink but i know that that if i do that i'll i'll pause and my mind will go elsewhere it's weird i struggle to do two things at once all the time This is crazy because not only, not only was Jesus going to do something miraculous, but he did something miraculous while he was going. And I want, you to, I, I want you to remember that quote because it says, Now a woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years had endured much under many doctors. She had spent everything she had had and was not helped at all. On the contrary, she became worse. Having heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothing. This is what's crazy. When I, I, I did research on this for a long time because this has been, uh, this, is, this is verse, has kind of, or passage, has kind of, uh, was, was involved in the other message I was trying to put together, uh, but, but I kept it because this, this woman spent years giving everything she had and doing everything she could to be healed. But when you read verse 26, there's more that goes into it than just what that says. Because when I, when, when I did some studying, what it said is she, she, was a woman of, she was a woman of faith. 
And what she did was when she went to all the doctors, it said her faith never gave up. In verse 26, she said, for if I just touch his clothes, I'll be made well. <laughs> I will act out in such a step of faith that just rubbing up against a garment of his clothes will heal me. That's the faith that she had. Now, we don't have the physical of Jesus here, but what can we, what can we say to that? Instantly, her, her flow of blood uh, ceased, and she, uh, and she sensed in her body she was healed from her affliction. Once again, Jesus realized in himself the power had, uh, some of his power had gone out. He turned in the crowd and said, who touched me? It's crazy. Where we pick up in the story is where we find, our, uh, our, uh, find ourselves a lot of times. This lady had a need, just like we all, we all do. Some of us need something immediate, and, and that's when we approach God. But true faithfulness, true growth, is found in the long run. It's when you have to look and say, it's not going to be, a, it's not going to fix itself tomorrow. I need new brakes. I know somebody I can bring that to. Or, hey, the car just died. <laughs> We're going to have to figure out something new. <laughs> this woman realized over and over and over for 12 years that doctors couldn't heal her. But her faith said, man, I'm going to go press in. Remember, not only was the crowd following him, they were pressing into him. I've got to imagine, and my imagination runs wild because of how close she got to him, that maybe she led the charge. She needed Jesus so much. Even though she already knew him, Christian, she needed him so much that she pressed in to Jesus. She pressed in to his grace. She pressed in to his healing power. She pressed in to his awesome, mighty, loving care. Well, why do you need to when you're saved, when you've accepted Jesus, when you have the faith? Because sometimes your faith weakens. Because sometimes your faith needs to be renewed by, by some sort of act of miracle. <laughs> sometimes God just needs to show up. We have access to God. May we always hope, may we always understand that in our good times and our bad times, what we need is Jesus. As this lady realized that she needed wasn't a lifetime of complaining or straight up perfection, she understood that a lifetime of hope in Jesus would result in a moment or moments of strength through Christ, having peace from God that he will be faithful to his plans for her, she reached out in our faith. How many of us have gotten so comfortable that we've stopped reaching? You ever had the remote within arm's reach of you? And the TV show you watch is so, you're watching is so terrible, but you've gotten so comfortable that you're just like, it's not worth it. How many of you can translate that to your faith? Man, I had a really rough day. I had a really rough week. I can see my Bible. Mm, I'm just too comfortable. Remember, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your path. 
She had to know the result either way was in the plans for her. But coming boldly before her God, she prayed that over 12 years would result in a supernatural act that showed up. Maybe you have a family member, maybe you have a coworker, maybe you have a friend, maybe, you have, maybe, you, maybe you're a high-ranking official in your job. And you're, you have to set a godly example for those around you that, that look up to you, that see you as their leader. Maybe your role is to say, God, through my, through my job, through my process, through, uh, through my life, I want grace to be seen. We, uh, there was a bunch of us here at one point in time that all used to work at Texas Roadhouse. Tell you what, when God was present in that situation, you saw, you saw people coming to this church like crazy through that restaurant. Servers, cooks, customers. When you act super, when you think and hope supernaturally, you can act supernaturally. Because God is thriving supernaturally through you. Do we have faith? Do we have not just the hope of God's work, but do we put into action the necessary steps to see physically what he can do? Time and energy and effort should always be there. We need to understand that we don't serve a God of convenience. We serve a God that gets into the grit and the grime of every day, that wants to see, that wants to, that wants to see you come home dirty, spirit, you know, dirty and spirit, uh, spiritually from battle. And he wants, to, he wants to make you white as snow so that you can go back out refreshed the next day and fight again. I'm going to take a drink now. Fit aid. <laughs> At a website near you. To move forward, lastly, finally, to move forward, get this and understand this and implant this in your mind. In order to move forward in your life, in order to move forward personally, in order to move forward in your marriage, in order to move forward in your job, in order to launch forward in everything, you must stop making decisions for God. You must stop making decisions for God. You ever been around that one person that you're just like, if you just stop doing this, can you not see what God can do? And just over and over and over, they just step in their own way and say, well, it just needs to be done this way. It just needs to be done this way. It just needs to be done this way. I can tell you this. Uh, I, I, we, we've, uh, uh, me and Jonathan have been a, a fun team for five years with our social media. There's been a lot of stuff that we've, uh, we've seen, a lot of highs and lows. Instagram has always been a mystery to both of us. We've, I've actually given it to other people. Um, and, and Ben came up to us over a year ago, as I found out, as I found out so awkwardly. Um, I it was like, you've been with us for like six months now. And he's like, bro, it's been over a year. I was like, my bad. <laughs> uh, but I, I, we, I sat down, and I remember the meeting that we were sitting down and talking about social media, and we started talking about Instagram, and, and I, I asked him, and he, he just looked at me, and he goes, do you want me to be honest? And I was like, yeah. In my mind, I'm thinking, oh, let's, let's, you know, a little tweak here, a little tweak there. He's like, you need to delete everything and start over. And I was like, that's, uh, that's a bold statement. <laughs> that's, 
But we started, we, we started, and we started with 60 followers. And, and I, I, I told him, I said, my commitment to you is that I will follow. If you, if you say something, I will listen. If you, if you tell me to change something, I will listen. I'll send him graphics in the middle of his workday, and I'll be like, how do you, you know, how does this one look? And he just sends, he just sends back the throw up emoji. I'm like, so I should start over? <laughs> but but it's, it's that boldness that you need to say, hey, listen, this isn't the way it is. You know, in, in about, since the first conversation is just about a year this, this July is when we had that conversation. We're up to five, over 500 followers now on Instagram, and it's all over the world. 8% of our followers are from the city of Springfield. That leaves 92% everywhere else. It's crazy. It's awesome. When you take direction from those that know more than you, results happen. We had, we, we made, we had a makeshift sound team about six years, five, six years ago. Jonathan stepped in and put structure in place. And a lot of what we talked about was able to happen. There was a time where we came back and there wasn't really a youth ministry. My father stepped in and put a structure in place and said, now that, now that we have something, make something of substance for it when I took over. Not that there wasn't substance, but start doing it. Yeah, follow God's will. That was weird. That came out wrong. To move forward, we have to stop making decisions for God. I could have taken over that youth ministry almost 18 years ago and said, things are gonna be done my way. I wanna do this. It's listening. I believe I am who I am today because as much as I talk and as much as I can rant and rave and run my mouth, I listen as well. I'm able to be teachable. And that's not me bragging. That's, I, I'm, I can use myself as an example because I'm myself. Have there been hard lessons where my dad has stepped back and said, go ahead, make that decision. See what happens. Take a water balloon slingshot that can shoot a water balloon up to 400 yards and shoot it at teens 40 feet away. Just see what happens. We grow from our mistakes. We grow from that. But we have to, when it comes to eternity, we have to stop making decisions for God. You say, well, I don't make decisions for God. Yeah, do you show grace to everybody? What happens when somebody, as our pastor used as an example, what happens when somebody cuts you off on a highway? Do you remember that you got that Jesus bumper sticker on your car? Do you remember what's playing through the radio? Do you remember what you just heard 10 minutes after you left church? Yes, Jesus, I heard. <laughs> Mark 35, or I'm sorry, Mark 5, 35 through 41 says this. While Jesus is trying to do something supernatural, um, there it is, says, when he was still speaking, people came to the synagogue leader's house and said, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? When Jesus overheard what was said, he told the synagogue leader, don't be afraid, only believe. How many times should we be saying that to ourselves? Don't be afraid, only believe. Don't be afraid, only believe. He did not let anyone accompany him Peter, uh, except Peter, James, and John, and James' brother. Simply because, again, when you do research into this passage, he didn't let anybody else follow him simply because people said, don't bother him, I don't have faith. I don't have that much faith. I don't believe that deeply. He went in and said to them, why are you making a... a 
Yep, uh, 38, right? Yeah. They came to the leader's house and saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why are you making a, con a, a, a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, but he put them all outside. He took the, took the child's father and mother uh, and those who were with him and entered the place where the child was. Then he took the child by, by the hand and said to her, uh, Talitha Kuam, which translate, little girl, I say to you, get up. This is where I spoke last time, and I'm briefly going to say this again. We have permission to be in the room to see the miraculous. Why did Jesus keep them out of the room and keep, keep that crowd at a distance? Because they didn't have, the faith, they didn't have faith enough to see the, the struggle all the way through. They didn't have the strength to persevere through the storm. They didn't have the strength to get through what God had promised he was going to do. It wasn't, come watch this and we'll see what we can do. He had said, follow me and I will heal this girl. He didn't put any you know, sub, you know, subcontext on there. He didn't put a point B. He didn't put, you know, an asterisk by it and say, only if, you know, she's wearing a Dodger shirt or only if, you know, she says Tom Brady's not the goat or, you know, I'll, I'll heal her if, you know, she, you know, she, he didn't say that. He said, follow me and I will heal her. How many times has God promised you something in your life? He's opened the door and you've stopped because of the circumstances that you see around you. Did David look at Goliath and go, oh, you're a foot taller than I thought, can't fight you. He trusted that what God had put in front of him was going to be defeated because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities in the darkness of this world. That you can't see Satan roaring as a lion, but you can feel him. And in those moments of weakness, Jesus is saying, I've still invited you to be in the room to show you the miraculous things. Stop making the decision for me. I've already died on a cross for you. You already have eternal life. I've already promised you victory. So stop worrying and start moving. Start going. What we do is we say, I still believe. Anybody watched that movie yet? The Jeremy Camp, I Still Believe? It's on Hulu right now. If you don't have it, go see it. Hulu or Prime? Man, I watched it. If, if, if our pastor recalls, he was the one guy. I came home from the East Long Meadow Library one day, and it was no joke, probably six months after we moved back. And I was like, I had heard Jeremy Camp's first album, and I had heard that he had this amazing testimony. And in, in the next, like, uh, I'll probably go like two minutes over, but what we read, what, if you ever read his testimony or watch the movie, get ready. Because he, he went off to college. He's from uh, Iowa or some place in the Midwest. Went out to California, met a, met a woman he was going to marry. They started dating, and she got sick. She had, a, she had a tumor that had started in her stomach. It had moved her kidneys. And, and through the whole process, God had, God had been used. God had been used. Uh, God, God had shown himself. He healed her at one point. When you watch the, when you watch the movie, you realize that, uh, quite frankly, God's will was done with her life here on earth at a point to where when she died... Um, she said, I want my life to count. From, uh, if my life affects one person, it's counted for, more, for all the pain and suffering that I've been through. If you, if you listen to Jeremy Camp, he sings a song, I still believe in your faithfulness. I still believe in your truth. 
I still believe in your holy word, even when I can't see. I still believe. He wrote that two days after his wife died, three months, uh, six months after they got married. If life throws you that much of a curveball, or even if you see it coming, do you, have the, do you have the strength to be in the room to see what God is gonna do? To see the victory from the carnage? Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know that I can believe it. I don't know I can believe that strong. But you believe the Red Sox could come back, come back from 3-0. You believe the Patriots can, could come back from what, 28 to 3? But you can't believe that a God that's created everything, that sent his only begotten son to die on a cross for your sins, that has started a good work in you, will complete it? Are you kidding me? That's why I'm not a New England fan. I'm just joking. <laughs> True faith is found when we stop making decisions for God. If you bow your heads and close your eyes with me as the praise team comes up, my question is this. What do you need to lay down in your life to move forward? What do you need to lay down in your life to see progress? What do you need in your life to get back to, to growth? Many of you can't see beyond the next five minutes. Many of you shouldn't see beyond the next five minutes. My question, my desire, my hope is that these 46, 47 minutes have imparted on you to give more to be more, to say, I have to lay down, Jeremy Camp sings a song, one of his first big hits was, lay down my, I, I lay down my pride, my desire, I give it all to you. Will you do that? Will you give that? Let's pray. Dear God, Lord, I thank you so much for your love. I thank you so much for your grace. God, I pray that as you as you move us into the second services, we get to hear a completely different message, which is so cool, which is so awesome. I pray that you will, you will impart in us a desire to lay down what we know, lay down what we, what we think, lay down what we should do, uh, lay down our pride, lay down our, our fears, lay down our worries, lay down our lack of trust. God, I pray that you will just embolden us to, uh, to live for you, to get back to growth, to realize that even though there's stuff going on around us that we can't control, one thing we can control is giving ourselves to you more and more. I love you so much. I thank you for everything you do. In Jesus' name I pray.